All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's not PTO everybody season, Liam. But Zach Cassian's name is already in the mix. Let's get into it with the lead. Welcome into Oilers Nation every day, live on the Oilers Nation YouTube, live from the Sports Closet Studio. Liam is in the other version of the Sports Closet Studio as well. Uh, Bring Cassian home has the first YouTube comment of the day. I cannot believe that's your name. I actually don't know how easy it is to change your name on YouTube. So Lord knows if you've had that for months or if you just did it this morning. Regardless, they have the first comment. They say Cassian is finally free from the desert. Give him a PTO 10. Yes, we will be talking about the news of the day on today's edition of the show. If you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button as well. If you're watching anywhere else, go watch on YouTube. Or download the show as a podcast. Either or. Not exactly too picky. Uh, Liam, big news today. I'm not even... No pleasantries. We're getting right into the hockey talk. (laughs) It's the Sherwood Ford giant offseason question of the day. Should the Oilers be interested in bringing back Zach Cassian? Uh... Maybe. I don't know. It just seems so weird, but it seems so right all at the same time, Tyler. <laughs> like, the why would, on God's green earth, would the Oilers want somebody who had, what, two goals last season? But also, is Zach Cassian, and when he left, everyone was kind of knew why, obviously, but it was kind of a bumming moment, I guess. But if you can bring this guy back on, like, a minimum deal to be a 13th, 14th forward on the right wing, I mean, why not? Maybe imagine him and Klim on each side. That would be that would be special. 
Yeah, that would be something. Um, you know what? Before I give my take, maybe we should relive some of Zach Cassian's best mm. moments as an oiler, Liam, and, and really see if we can, you know, tug on people's heartstrings a little bit. Because there were a lot of really good moments. You had this in round two of the 2017 playoffs. I don't know who the guy is that's yelling at him, but what a moment. This is absolutely electric. You like to point out the insane collection of players coming in to congratulate him on that goal. Yes, David Dehane and Eric Greiber. We said off the show, Tyler, how was this team one win away from going to the Western Conference Finals? I will never know, but there it is. And there's Stanley Cup winner, Laurent Brassois. So quite the also, collection of players. Also would have been, uh, I think Mark Letetsu jumped into the mix there in the pile. I'm not sure. Oh, Luch was on the ice. Darnell in the yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. Um, are we just watching Lucic highlights now? Are we just watching highlights of this game? Or are we watching Zach Cassian? Yeah, here's the goal. Yeah, the um, this, this was electric. Aaron, can we see the San Jose moments, though? I think those are way more hilarious. <laughs> Good, he, yeah, like, not- did he have a big impact on this series? Absolutely. Should Zach Cassian probably have been suspended like three times? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Like, that's a predatory hit. That should yep. have been five in a game for charging. <laughs> the ref's arm stayed down the entire time. That's absolutely bananas. <laughs> like, that's so dirty. <laughs> it's, it's nice to know NHL officiate and has not changed its standards since 2017. No. Like his feet, man, are so high up in the air. This, that's a headshot. That is a headshot on a player in a vulnerable position. Mm-hmm. Seven days out of seven. <laughs> yep, oh, that, man. That one feels like it's toeing the line a little bit. Just a hair. He gave us some good moments. There was the breakaway goal in San Jose as well. All of that mm. stuff, Liam, and all of that to, to say, you know, maybe we could get more moments like that. I'm here to tell you, you won't. <laughs> Zach Cassian is sadly no longer an NHL player. Remember in 2019-20 when he popped home 15 goals in 60 games and it's like, damn it, he plays with edge. He fits in with McDavid. They seem to get along and he's got 20 goal potential. Sign that guy. That signing was a terrible idea, even with the COVID cap stuff aside. Signing players while in the middle of a heater is a poor, poor idea if you're running an NHL front office. And since then, Zach Cassian has appeared in 136 regular season NHL games. He has 10 goals. One goal every 13.6 games. He's coming off a season where he only scored twice in 51 games and was minus 18 in Arizona. Not only did he only score twice, Liam, he only had 25 shots on goal in 51 games. He he was, listen, I didn't watch a ton of Coyotes hockey, but you look at those numbers and that screams a guy who mentally checked out. I would honestly be a little surprised if he got another NHL contract just because, again, I don't know what's exactly left in the tank for him. I don't know if he can dig deep and bring that intense style of play again. It makes no sense to bring back Zach Cassian, even on a PTO, even on a league minimum deal. You can do better. You're crushing our dreams, Tyler. Why why have you always got to go to back to reality? Let's live in this fantasy world where Zach Cassian comes back and he's this 2017 guy all over again, but... I guess to be in reality, you're 100% right. <laughs> like, what is that Cassian going to make this team any better? Right. And especially, like you said, a guy who, who lost motivation last year on an Arizona team that gained a ton of motivation mm-hmm. after what the ownership said about them. Right. And like, nobody believed in them within the organization besides themselves. And if Cassian kind of, I know he wasn't in the lineup every every night and it's difficult, obviously, but like if everyone else around you is getting up for things and really giving it a go, then, and you can't like, 
it's tough to to kind of bring a guy like that back, unfortunately. I mean, like I, I said off the top, I would love to see Zach Cassian back in an Oilers shirt again, but I would also love it if it was like 2019 Zach Cassian back in an Oilers shirt again. So unfortunately, it's not going to work out. I uh, I would be shocked too if he did get an NHL deal. If he did, it would 100% be a two-way deal, I think, but basically no money because if you're just getting bought out by the Arizona Coyotes and like, Oh, where are you going from there, right? San Jose, I guess. Like, there's not many other bottom feeders left. Yeah, I, I just, I don't see it. Uh, I think Danger Swade said maybe in like a, maybe in like a Klim Costin style role. I, I just think, hmm. and a few people made this point in the chat. Klim Costin is that guy. He is yours at Cassian, right? He is more skilled. He's younger. He's also going to be relatively cheap on his next contract. He can score away from McDavid and Drysaddle, which is something this team desperately needs you have that spot in your lineup spending a contract on Zach Cassian it's, it's just it's not gonna happen man um so would you, sorry uh, but. would you PTO him no no all right I don't even think it's worth the storyline is it like I don't know I nah. uh, yeah I I I think at best he has a PCO next season and kind of has to re reprove himself again, which he, which he's done in the NHL before. Right. So hopefully for Cassian's sake, he's able to figure something out and continue his NHL career. Cause what is he now? 30, 32, 33, 32. something like that. So he's still relatively young in NHL terms. So he's got some time left, but I don't see it being in Edmonton. Unfortunately, sorry, everybody. I don't know if he'll want to like, again, for yeah. him to be effective, Think of what he's got to put himself through, man. He needs to play that rough and tumble game. He's got to drop the mitts, get into fights, all of that stuff. Does he want to go through a rigorous offseason after spending a year in Arizona, which would be good living? Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But does he want to go through a rigorous offseason and then a season of grinding it out? He's got $23.2 million in career earnings. Does he really want to keep playing for 900 k again? Or does he sit there and go, I made my money. My body is beat up to shit. I'm happy where I am. I got a family. I'm stepping away with the good money. Because, and obviously he's got now the buyout money, which is going to extend a little bit longer too, right? So you, I think you're probably onto something, but I mean, if there's someone who can reinvent themselves, I think it could be Cassian. So we'll see, but I, I think you're right. And uh, might be staying in the desert with Pronger and Datsuk and Marion Hosa. Yeah, he just might. And again, he's going to make some money here on the buyout too. So eh, you're good, Cass. You're good. Uh, Derek Carlson said, bro had one great playoffs and became everyone's uncle's favorite player. He's not yes. that guy, pal. And I agree. Like, get Clem Costin. Find a different guy to go run around in your bottom six with a little more offensive upside. Um, Eric says, I miss Cassian, but not enough to bring him back. And I think that's, that is the correct take. You can love him. We just watched the highlights. He gave us some great moments. But end of conversation, Zach Cassian back here is just, he's just flat out not a fit. So there's your Sherwood Ford giant offseason question brought to you by Sherwood Ford the Giant, where this month, every test drive at the dealership, it's going to result in our friends at Sherwood Ford the Giant making a donation to the Strathcona Community Hospital Foundation. So go check them out at Sherwood Ford the Giant. Tyler Mulek says every player in Bakersfield is better than Cassian. I mean, I, I don't know if I'd go that far, but... I think you have useful players down on the farm as well that you could just bring up for league minimum. You don't need uh, to use a contract. Todd says Klim is cheaper and scores more. 100%. Klim Gostin is our new Zach Cassian. He's our guy coming off of great playoffs. Really, really itching to see what kind of deal 
the Oilers can cook up with Clem Cost. And one of the stories we're kind of watching this week, I would say the Yamo trade, Coston deal, Bouchard deal, although that might linger a little bit. I wouldn't mm. be surprised if that trickles into the summer. Um, that Yamo trade, Bouchard deal, the other wow. UFAs. So Yanmark, I guess, is in that mix. And I think those are kind of the four things I'm watching, Liam. Yeah, I mean, I think all the all the RFAs can be just tossed into one group, I yeah. guess you could say. Um, Ken Holland said that all of them will get the, um, what do you call it, qualifying offers, of course. Yep. And then Bouchard will likely linger on, like you said. I think Holland said that too. So the first one I would try and key in on, though, would probably be Ryan McLeod. I think because we, we kind of lingered with it a little bit too. Like, if there's someone who gets uh, an offer sheet, We've everyone kind of assumes it's Bouchard, but Brian McLeod might seem like a better option for some teams and maybe price the others out of it a little bit. So I would like the others to kind of key in on Ryan McLeod and get that one done. What it'll be around, I don't know, maybe around two million, I would assume somewhere between two and three, I guess. Hopefully not too much higher than that. And yeah, get him locked up because you always quite frankly need Ryan McLeod on this team next season. Uh, boy, is it ever depressing to see Oscar Kleffbaum on this list of pending UFAs. That is <laughs> yes. sad. Um, that is very sad. Um, but we wish our boy Oscar all the best in his retirement. Uh, Stealth Legends. Tyler, is it true Costin might be going to the KHL? I believe he got a good, like, financially sizable offer from a team in the KHL, but I'm not, I don't know if that's the route he wants to go. I think he wants to keep playing in the NHL and try to make things work here in North America. So I think if it was the KHL, we would have seen a deal already. Um, I believe he's going to, I think he's going to be back with the Oilers is my read on the situation. So take Mm. that however you will. Um, If it was going to be the KHL, I think it probably would have happened already. Uh, Our pal Frank Saravalli, Liam, has a new trade targets board coming Mm. up on dailyfaceoff.com. So we're going to dig into it. Brought to you by our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. Find them on social media, Cornerstone INS. They can help you with everything. They insure the nation truck. That is how much I trust our friends at Cornerstone Insurance. And you, a nation citizen and listener of this show, can head to their website and you can scroll down. There's a little button. You're a friend of the nation. You hit that. You get yourself a nice discount. Shout out to Cornerstone Insurance. Um, Frank Saravalli's Trade Targets Board. Nothing really changing all too much is, uh, I think, a good way to sum it up. The Winnipeg Jets are dominating this thing, especially near the top. Mm -hmm. Dubois, Hellebuck, Shifley. I think all three of those guys are good as gone. It's going to be fascinating to see what Winnipeg can do. You have Hayes and you have Debrinkat rounding out the top five. The rest of the top ten, Evgeny Kuznetsov, Eric Carlson, Noah Hannafin at number nine. I think that's interesting. I know the barn burner guys were uh, talking today about a potential Elias Lindholm extension. It sounds like there is a path to Lindholm staying with the flames. Hannafin being this high on the list is leading me to believe that he might be moved. I listen on paper. I think this guy would be an awesome fit for the Edmonton Oilers. I think he's the kind of defenseman who, I mean, he's a left shot, but if you could get him to play the right side, yeah, maybe he's not They're They're not going to, my point was it's unrealistic. I think the Flames are going to get a lot for Noah Hannafin, and he's probably going to an American market. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the first thing I thought of when I saw Hannafin's name on there is he must have told him he doesn't want to resign. Then I'm assuming if he's yeah. on his trade list, right? So he's a he's a good player. I don't think the Oilers will be in on him because, frankly, that would be crazy for the for the Calgary Flames to trade him to Edmonton. He's a he's an American defenseman, right? Yes. 
Yes. So yeah, I think we'll probably see him down in an American market. Is there any modifications? Does he have trade uh, protection or anything like that on his deal? Uh, yes. Submits an eight team, no trade list. Okay. So I would imagine six of those teams are in Canada. Uh, and, and then yeah the rest of him kind of is what it is i guess so yeah i mean noah hannafin i, I like him a lot it's uh it's kind of crazy to look back at that trade that he was involved in going to calgary and the players that are in it dougie hamilton adam fox obviously elias lindholm and nick uh, noah hannafin he was one of the guys slipping my slipping my tongue but crazy trade and calgary i think this is the right move i think this is the right decision i really like that conroy has gone into calgary and put his foot down being like we will not put our fans through what they went through with kachuk and gaudreau last summer and we're going to make sure this franchise is heading in a positive direction and as much as i would like to see them crash and burn as a just a neutral hockey fan i guess it's it's very positive to see a team realize the situation they're in yeah 100 percent uh, the Philadelphia Flyers have an impossible amount of players on Frank Cervalli's trade targets board. Uh, Aaron, I think we can take a look at that right now as well. Hayes <laughs> at three, Connect me at 10, Lawton at 12, D'Angelo at 18, Hart at 25, and at 36 is Travis Sanheim, who signed for like a ton of years at a $6.25 million cap hit. He does have in the first year, four years, a full no trade clause. So he would control his destiny. But Frank dropped an interesting nugget on Daily Faceoff Live today. Uh, saying that the there's chatter that the Flyers could be willing to package up Hayes with one of their defensemen, whether it's Sanheim or D'Angelo, to try just get as much value as they can. Like maybe they want to get a legit A plus level prospect or something like that. And some contending team says, "Hey, we're getting Kevin Hayes, a high end second line center. We're getting the 27 year old Travis Sanheim." who's going to be a top four D-man for us for the next four or five seasons, 6.25, similar to what Severson got. I wonder if uh, if there's kind of a big package deal out there with a Hayes and a, and a Lawton, or sorry, not Lawton, Hayes and Lawton, sure. Maybe a Konechny D'Angelo, Konechny Sanheim package deal as well. Like the Flyers are in a fascinating spot. Yeah, they really are. And you look at those players and you kind of think, how is this team not good? <laughs> like that's kind of like he's crazy that these guys are available with considering the age of some of them. And I think it's smart of Philadelphia to try and package those guys together and, and get as much as they can. I'd be very curious to see some of the teams that would be, be interested in doing that. Um, from this list, I would, I would actually love to see the others go after a, maybe even a Scott Lawton too. like Scott Lawton or Konechny would kind of be on my list. D'Angelo, I think, He's obviously a very good player, but he comes with a bit of baggage. I don't think the others need that. Carter Hart would be awesome too, but you have Stuart Skinner and Kevin Hayes has just priced himself out a little bit. So my wish list would be uh, a Travis Konechny, of course, who we've talked about numerous times. And and Scott Law, and was he on like three million for a year or two or something three like that? Three more years. That's not bad. That's not bad. He's never scored 20 goals. Really? I, yeah. Has he, he played 18? 82? 18 and 78 last year, 11 and 67 the year before, 9 and 53 the year before, 13 and 49 the year before. Like he's almost never even really been at a 20 goal pace outside of, I guess, that 19 20 season. Um, I, I don't, I think it, a smart organization, I think a smart organization can find up and coming Scott Lawton's and don't need to give up a big ask apparently from Philly and three mil over the next three years for a Scott Lawton. Like he's a good player and he's probably worth 3 million, but I don't know if that's how the Oilers should be spending 3 million. 
I guess with that logic, the others really have it and don't they? In, in Ryan McLeod, a guy who hasn't hit the 20 goal mark yet, goal mark yet either, but he's progressing to be a, a promising player two ways. So I like Scott Law and I, I actually didn't realize he, I thought he scored a little bit more, to be honest. I knew he wasn't like a 30 goal guy, but I thought he kind of lingered closer to the 20 or past the 20 goal mark. So yeah, maybe just connect me then. Forget what I said. We'll cut that. Yeah, we'll cut cut all that out. It's a good thing the show's uh the show's not live. The other notes Frank had, he had some teams in there. You can watch it all in Daily Phase Off Live today. Teams who could weaponize cap space, like the Chicago Blackhawks have so much money. It's insane. $37.6 million in cap space. If they want to go pluck guys for free, like I've been big, they should be calling Edmonton and Washington and bringing in both Anthony Mantha and Kyler Yamamoto. Just because again, two guys, you're left on their deal. Bring them in. See what kind of players Connor Bedard works well with. You get to the deadline. If one of the two isn't working, you keep half trade them, right? Hmm. It makes sense. Uh, I think the Hawks are a team that should just be loading up on every young, to- young-ish top nine forward who's available and maybe is on the block, right? Go and get those guys. There's no downside to it. No, there's really not, especially with the contracts only have one, one, one or two years left on them. It's such a such an interesting spot for Chicago. I don't, maybe I'm wrong and you can give the answer to this, but like, I don't remember that a time when a team was going into a season being like, okay, who do we have? Like there is like 10 players at best throughout this organization who could make this team next season. Like yeah. it's just wild to see, like at least Anaheim has like quite a lot of NHL talent, to be honest. Obviously their defense isn't too bad with like guys like Cam Fowler, and um and Drysdale forwards, Troy Terry, Zegras, whoever, even John Gibson's good. But Chicago, it's just it's the wildest situation. I'm so curious to see what they're able to do, and you know, like what are they going to do? I don't know. Like, but I like the idea of going after like a Mantha and Yamamoto, and for example, because their NHL players are just in situations where teams just can't afford to have them anymore. And like you said, you could get them for essentially nothing, pennies to the dollar. Yeah, another team Frank talked about on uh, on Icebreakers today with DFO Live was uh, the Florida Panthers and how aggressive they could be willing to uh, to be. And that brings me to an interesting trade that mm. popped up on Twitter today. It's from Greg Wasinski, who had like an ESPN notebook thing go up, and he had this mock trade. Greg Wasinski, rumored big fan of the AMA travel trade machine, gave yes. us his own idea. Not us, his readers. Again, I don't think he knows who we are. He says, if the Oilers can find someone to take Kyler Yamamoto off their hands, Edmonton flips their first rounder in 2024 to Florida for Brandon Montour. That's step one of the deal. Oilers get Montour, give up a first round pick in 2024. The Panthers then take that first rounder, their second rounder, and Ito Lusterainen, and they trade him to the Sharks for Eric Carlson. So yesterday we were talking about ways for the Panthers to make a Carlson deal work. There are rumblings that Florida likes him, and that's a spot he would be waving his no-trade clause to go. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too. 
like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Would you trade your first next year for one year of Brandon Montour? I don't think I would. I I like Brandon Montour. He obviously kind of turned his career around in a way this season too, right? But just knowing that the Oilers were able to trade a first round pick and get Ekholm this year makes me wonder if like there's just a better package out there for them to get a better player than a Montour, right? For one more season. And then plus you have to factor in like, what is the Bouchard contract? Are you really going to get maximum Brandon Montour? Because he ran that power play in Florida, right? Like he's not going to do that in Edmonton. It's it's interesting. I mean, I think Brandon Montour is a great player. Like I said, I think he would make this team better. I just wonder if the others can get something just better with their first round pick. He had 73 points this season with 33 yeah. of them coming on the power play. So obviously that power play production would just fizzle right out because he's yeah. not taking over Bouchard's spot. One more year, that's a little bit worrisome. I actually even wonder if Florida would maybe want more than a first round pick for this guy, considering how important he was for them in their cup run. I don't know if this is exactly a fit. Tyler Mulica says, I like Montour. He just isn't the right fit to play with Nurse. Doesn't play against elites. He's a bit scrambly. Like he almost reminds me of like a right shot nurse in some ways. I think the Oilers' mm. main goal should be someone who can calm down that Darnell Nurse pairing. Someone who's just really good at their own end, breaking up cycles, doesn't get lost in their own zone, is always responsible coming back. They need to move well. And I just keep thinking, I'm describing Brett Pesci, right? If you're moving your first round pick for a D-man, a rental D-man at that, it's Pesci over Montour, I think. Yeah, if I had to pick one of the two to give up a first, it would be a Brett Pesci, sorry, like player. I think with the nursing too, like, it's not even necessarily about help about calming nurse down. It's about having someone who helps nurse, like kind of just close everything down. Right. A nurse doesn't have to do everything. Unfortunately, Cody CC wasn't able to do that again this season. So yeah, I think you're right, Tyler. I I wouldn't waste a first round pick on a Montour if there's a Brett Pesci available, but I'd be curious to see if we could do a sign and trade kind of thing too. Maybe get that done before it's too late, especially if the cap's going to go up, you know? So we'll see. You talking about maybe a Scott Mayfield sign and trade or something like that? That might not be a bad idea. If I, I know Aaron dropped his name in the chat. I, mm. ugh, I just worry about his AAV, man. Like a Mayfield. Yeah. 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 I mean, it definitely is. It, what is he, right? Like we obviously know he's yeah. going to be a good defenseman, but like that guy is going to want, a lot of money considering he's just been sat in the Islanders organization making, what was he under a million or something like that? So he's yeah. going to want the payday while he can get it. And he knows his value is high. And 
this defensive class of free agents is is not good. What is it? I yeah. think on Frank's list, it's Olaf, Graves, and then Scott Mayfield's like early 20s or something like that, right? Let, let me take you through a little fake trade exercise kind of thing. All so right. Severson got 6.25. Let's say Scott Mayfield's going to be in the ballpark of 4.25, okay? On a seven-year deal in free agency, because that's the only way he's getting it. 4.25 by seven years means 29.75 million total for Scott Mayfield. If you're the Oilers, and let's say you can move Cody Cece for a third or a fourth round pick, and then you take that pick, go to the Islanders, say, here's your third or fourth rounder for the negotiating rights to Mayfield. That means you can give him an eighth year. Mm-hmm. You take 29.75, the total sum of money, divide it by eight. Could you get Scott Mayfield for $3.7 million on an eight-year deal? Would you want an eight-year deal for Scott Mayfield just to knock down that AAV that significantly? How old is Scott Mayfield now? 27, 28? So. so he is 30. Oh, shit. Oh, oh. no, yeah, I know. I would not like idea, hey? I would. I would be out. I am charm out on signing Scott Mayfield to eight years. Okay, so me, but then, okay, but maybe that just changes the exercise a little bit, right? Let's say yeah. Scott Mayfield, some team, he's expecting to get four by 4.25. Do you give him a fifth year? to knock the AAV down to 3.4 kind of thing, right? Like, would you give up the extra year? Then I guess you don't need to move and get the asset. Yeah, maybe it doesn't work. Well, to be honest, I would probably give him the fifth year to bring it down because I would too. wasn't it? Uh, I think Frank said it on the rundown, right? Like the cap's going to be like mid nineties in a couple in not so far away. Right. So by the time you get there, is it really going to matter that much? Like what is the value of that deal going to be anyway? Like a $3 million deal in today's NHL in a few years. So I think I would just bring that down and, and try and get what you can for him. But then again, you look at this list, like, do you just go sign a Carson Susie for a little bit cheaper? I don't know if Carson Susie is your top pairing solution. Like Mayfield true, has yes. good experience pay, playing against elites. Susie doesn't have it. Tyler Mulek said, could you get, or would you be happy with Mayfield at the CC number? I would be thrilled with that. Yes. You're just not getting him at that, right? I think he's going to be 4.25 to 4.5 million, unless you grossly overpay in the term to knock down that AAV a little bit. And that's tempting in some ways. Cause like you said, Liam, if in years four five or six of a long Mayfield deal, if the cap is North of a hundred million bucks, it might be a normal thing to pay a third pairing D man that money. And you're just banking on Mayfield staying above replacement level at that point. He won't need to be elite for the entire contract. So, um, yeah. Do you think, do do you think the Oilers should be looking in the trade market rather than the free agency market then for a defenseman? Probably. Right. I think that's why we're hearing them Mm -hmm. linked to a guy like Brett Pesci is because if you need to move out CC to bring in a D man, if you can get an asset for CC third or fourth rounder, maybe you're more comfortable giving up a pick in a trade for a defenseman as well. Um, Derek mm-hmm. makes a good point though. When it comes to the trade market, we're thinking about trading the second, trading the first rounder next year. He says, I'm worried something will come up during the season that we need to solve at the deadline. So I'd be saving for then. I don't know if he was talking cap space or assets, but either way, if you trade, I mean, your second rounder, I have a funny feeling they're going to use it. I think it'll be Ken Holland's preference to use it just because organizationally, do you want your scouts out grinding all year? And then you sit there and yeah. pull out the one high pick they get. <laughs> I, You're in win now mode. You are firmly in win now mode. 
but I think it's not the worst idea in the world to save one pick a year in rounds one, two, or three, just to add something to your farm system. The yeah. first rounder next year, though, with that being said, I know they don't have a lot of picks next year either because the second is gone in... Oh, no, they used to have your second next year. Yeah, I'm, I'm trading the first round pick, but do you want to save it for the deadline, I guess, is the question. Yeah, it's such a an interesting thing because it's like, do you, what if there is nothing, right? Like we can assume that all these guys are available, but what if there's just nothing at the deadline and you pass up on something now, right? I think you've got to live in the present a little bit with those picks, but yeah, I think, I think if it's something available now, you make that deal. And just in, in the trade deadline, maybe you just sacrifice the 2025 first round pick, whatever it may be, you know, like that kind of is what it is. Like you just keep going. Like the first round picks are all there. Like, so maybe that's what you do but i just to kind of address what you said about taking making the 56 overall pick i could see them trading down slightly to maybe like 60 and bagging in a third or something like that too but i i don't see them like sacrificing that pick and then not having one till the sixth (laughs) round okay i know you are going to get a chuckle at this liam but man for all of our regular listeners in the youtube chat what the hell is going on in there today it is a absolute I, shit show in the YouTube chat of just weirdos. I I don't have the chat open today because I've got to have my phone on the screen. So I am not seeing any of this. You're what is it's I, I, I have absolutely noticed <laughs> it's getting it's out of hand. Mess. It's a mess. Um, so anyways, clean yourselves up in the YouTube chat. Damn it. Come on. Who, who are we trading? <laughs> oh, no, Liam. It's, it's well, it's well out of that atmosphere, oh, no. stratosphere, whatever. Uh, Frank Cervalli, if you missed it yesterday, did have a line saying the Oilers could have a taker lined up for uh, Kyler Yamamoto for free. Oh, what are you changing your background to? Now it's just static. I, well, I got to see this chat. I can't just oh, sit here and... TV. <laughs> yeah, give me two seconds, people. <laughs> um, anyways, he did say that they could have a taker for Kyler Yamamoto for nothing. We're going to pick Frank's brain about that a little bit more tomorrow on the show. Uh, another little piece of news to pass along or a little report. Rick Dollywall from out in Vancouver is saying Milan Lucic's agent, Jerry Johansson, apparently has permission to begin talking with a few teams before hitting the UFA market. Uh, I'll get out ahead of that right now. Uh, no, same camp as Zach Cassian. We're not doing that. Um, so yeah, we'll just, we'll move right on from that. You know what we should do? Get into our player grade for today, Liam, brought to you by Star Mechanical, Edmonton's number one mm. plumbing and heating company. Find out more at starmechanical.ca. Uh, we made our way all the way from number one, although there isn't a number one. So number two through 97, we're out of numbers and players to grade. So we're going to go to the coach himself, Jay Woodcroft. We're dubbing him number double zero. We didn't really know what to put here. Also, the TV's <laughs> back on behind you, Liam. Yeah, it's okay. I turned it on. Give me two seconds. Okay. I thought maybe you were going to go back to watching cops or something like we usually do in the studio before shows. We're in business. We are in business. You're just distracting the hell out of me. Anyways, Jay Woodcroft's player grade. What a nonsense show. Uh, Jay Woodcroft's player grade brought to you by Star Mechanical. He's number double zero. Uh, Regular season grade. I went with an A minus actually, Liam. I think for the bulk of the season, he did not have enough top six forwards because of injury. Yamamoto, Evander Kane. He found a way to make it work through different ways. I think at times there's some stubbornness here, but that happens when you have a coach who's coaching the same group of players year after year. Like he, he has his crutches. I'm not saying Mm. Jay Woodcroft is a perfect coach, but he almost led them to a Pacific division title. He gets a lot of credit for that. I think early in the year, he kind of made the decision to say, Hey, 
This Jack Campbell thing's not working. I'm treating Stuart Skinner like the number one. I think that was a really smart move as well. I think he gets an A minus for the regular season. Do you disagree with that? Uh, yeah, but only in a positive way. I, I would just give him an A. I mean, this team was one win away from being the Western Conference regular season champions, right? So yeah. I would give it an A on that regard. And for most of the season, like things are going fairly swimmingly, like a 50, 50 win season for, yep. for Woody. So yeah, I'll give him an A. Yeah. Davin says when we were rolling, we were rolling. Mulet gave him a B plus in the regular season. Jules gave him a B in the regular season. D white went B plus as well. Um, but a lot of you, I'm reading your grades for the playoffs and it seems like you agree with me. I went C plus. I see a C, another C, a C plus from Joel. Uh, there were mistakes in the playoffs. I, mm-hmm. I think his line management maybe wasn't the best. I think he probably should have moved away from Cody CC against elites at some point, considering how much he struggled. He loved rolling out Vinny DeHarnay, and I think he should have switched gears to Jack Campbell for game six against the Vegas Golden Knights. There were a handful of mistakes I think Jay Woodcroft made. He kind of got out coached by Bruce Cassidy. Not kind of. He did flat out get out coached. I might... I might go lower. I think I might even go like a C minus to be honest. I, I, so the positive is that they obviously won around. I think he was the first coach in however long to do that in back-to-back seasons to win a playoff round. So that's very positive, but the Oilers should have been the Vegas golden Knights. They were the better team on paper. And in moments they showed how dangerous they could be, but I just found Woodcroft's inability to, to, adapt on the fly was was present within that round like like you said the Cody CC thing didn't work the Dehane thing was got better to his credit today on his credit he did get a little bit better yeah. but there was times when it's like how is this guy in the lineup especially when Broberg comes in takes the penalty and then gets like bench for him plays like four minutes it's like, okay well why are you giving different treatments to different guys here I just didn't quite understand it they should have gone to Jack Campbell way sooner than they did especially you pulled Stuart Skinner four times and you didn't start Jack Campbell once in the series. So I'll give him a C minus. I believe in Woodcroft and I, this, it was a mistakes that were made, but hopefully they can learn from them and move forward. So a, in the regular season for me, C minus for the playoffs. And I mean, like you had it and you think a hundred percent chance of returning next season. Yeah, Davin is in and says bottom six needs more minutes. When Woody came in, remember that was one of the things the players were praising. The bottom six guys were like, we feel like we have a role on this team. And at points this year, he went way too far away from that. Like, Clint Costin should have played way more, basically throughout the entire back half of the season and into the playoffs. That guy was productive, played mean. I thought he should have gotten a top six look, and it never really came. They didn't play their bottom six enough. And I think that's something Woody needs to get back to doing uh, next season. Like, I think they got to trust Klim more. I think they got to trust Ryan McLeod more as well. Uh, I That's one thing I miss, but I 100% agree. Like, do you remember the game Klim Costing got benched next to Dayane? And it was just like the game before he had just scored two goals. It was just very strange, like the treatments that were given to some players. And I don't quite understand it. Like, Another thing too, just on a depth, like there was this graphic I saw where in the Vegas series, Vegas's minutes through the four lines were split like 16 minutes, 16, 15, and, and no, I'm very distracted. What the fuck is going on in our chat? <laughs> I can't, I can't I see. I think I'm just going to boot that guy. You're getting put in timeout. 
Oh, hopefully I can go back and read it all. Um, but yeah, they got to they got to split up the depth, take more minutes away from McDavid and Drysaddle, which seems like a crazy thing to say. But trust everybody because that's when your team will thrive the most. The Vegas Golden Knights just did it, and the Oilers need to do that now. <laughs> Man. Tyler Mulek, I'm with you. I'm happy someone else is noticing this. Yeah, he's out of here. Um, there's a couple other people that are not far behind him. You're all throwing off my vibe on the show. I'm getting distracted. Um, some people saying Klim was hurt. Yeah, we reported that uh, on this show, Liam, that we believe he had a broken mm-hmm. toe that he was playing through after blocking some shots early in uh, in the Vegas Golden Knights series as well. So I I want to see more of Klim Costa. I want to see more from the bottom six. Those are some uh, you know a few things that I think Woody can improve on next season ama travel trade machine time you can save on luggage you can save on hotels car rental excursions and more ama travel.ca if you head to ama travel.ca slash dreams they have a little vacation calculator thing where you punch in all the info and it spits out some pre-planned trips for you as well uh ama travel they power the trade machine frank saravalli today said that there's been a shift in the thinking for the Arizona Coyotes. This is a team with a billion draft picks in the next three years. Aaron, I think we could actually flash up just how many picks they have. Yeah, we had it. That's insane. In the next three years, four first rounders, nine second rounders, and nine third rounders. You really can't make all these picks. Like you You don't have room in your system. You don't have enough contracts to sign these guys. They need to start trading some pieces. And Frank thinks this offseason, they'll begin to get more aggressive and competitive. That means no more Arizona Coyotes taking on bad contracts or LTIR players. They're going to start moving picks for actual players. They're also going to not be shopping Lawson Krause, Nick Schmaltz, other guys like that. They want to take a step out of the rebuild is what Frank Saravalli said. Here's the deal we cooked up. If you're the Coyotes, all you have is draft picks. The Philadelphia Flyers desperately want draft picks. If you're Arizona, why would you not want a young, controllable asset that you can let play in Arizona for two years, let your franchise situation sort itself out, then try sign him to an extension? You go get Travis Konechny. I know it might pain you Oilers fans to think of Konechny going somewhere else, but two seconds and a third. Now, you might also be saying that that's just not enough. The the Flyers are going to want first-round picks for this guy, are they not? But I think here's the gamble Philly takes. Let's go back to those picks, Aaron, and where Arizona kind of picked, kind of whatever. You can throw conditions on all of these and say, we want the highest of, well, your second rounder in 2023. But then you can say, with those third rounders coming up, we want the highest available one in the second and the highest available one in the third. And in a way... Because again, Arizona's second rounder this year is high. And in a deep draft, it's almost like a pseudo first rounder. Next year, between Arizona and Montreal, one of those is probably going to be pretty high. You can sit there if you're Philly and be like, we want the highest out of those two as a condition. And we want the highest one in the third, which is likely going to be Arizona's. In a way, you're not quite getting first round picks, Liam, but you're getting three assets. And it's getting close to like two firsts and a second, right? It's just a touchdown Mm. in value. I think it's an interesting deal. I don't know who says no. Yeah, it's, it's intriguing now that you put the conditions on it because my first instinct was, where's the first round pick? Because just assuming that's what it'd be worth. Yeah. But you're right. What's the Arizona pick? Like the six, six overall, right? So that would be like 38 or whatever it is. Like, So that's not a bad one. Philly, I think they have two first round picks this year too. So, you know, I... Th- <laughs> 
I think it's good that Arizona are finally trying to turn things around and trying to win some damn hockey games. Like Arizona should be a desirable market. No, like it's a great, it'd be a great place to live. The weather's good all the time. Like traveling, you know, it's not bad. I think this is a good idea for Arizona to finally do this. Philly, like you said, just wants a ton of picks. You get those conditions on it and make sure they're all the highest ones or at least two of the three. I don't think it's that bad. I think Philly would eventually ask for a first round pick perhaps instead of one of the seconds, but I I would agree. This kind of makes sense. But if you're Philly and okay, so we did the Edmonton thing, right? It was like a first and Borgo. Okay. Where's that first this year or next year? It's probably very late. Borgo yes. is a late first rounder. If you're Philly and your two offers, let's say there's an offer from Edmonton that is pick 28 next year. Okay. And Borgo, or you can get pick 38 this year a second rounder next year, that's either Arizona's or Montreal's. So probably 38 or earlier, because I don't think Montreal is going to be that good next year. And you get a third round pick, which again will be like pick 68. What would you rather have, right? Borgo or pick 38 this year? A first rounder next year, that's going to be 28. Or you can get a second rounder that might be like pick 34, six picks later, and you get a third round pick. Like the value actually kind of lines up. Yeah, I think some organizations do kind of like having the picks for themselves because then you you make your own pick, right? You pick the player you want, not what somebody else wanted. So, yeah, the values there, I understand what you're saying with the late first, early second, especially like in this draft class. Like, I feel like there's still some good talent at the top end of the the second round, even late into the second round, honestly, where the others would be picking. So, yeah, it kind of just depends on what Philly are valuing and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, it makes more sense now that we we discuss it. I like it from Christopher Palmer. Our 2024 first rounder will be pick 32. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, it yes. will be. Um, that, but that's what I mean, right? Like if, if you're Philly and you can get assets from middling or struggling teams, like those might work out a little bit better. And that's another thing when it comes like the Oilers trading their first rounder next year is like, going to be a late first rounder man if you can get a piece that legitimately improves the team you do it mm-hmm. yeah you do it you do you do what you gotta do but i'd be curious actually to see them what arizona do throughout this offseason because they've they've got some players like vermelk is obviously a very good uh goaltender playing keller i think is the most underrated player in the nhl and uh, what's that italian finnish guy they have michelli he's hey, uh, yeah, he's he's very very good. So they got some players there. So it's about time Arizona try and try and make this thing work. If if nobody else wants them in Arizona, they may as well make it somewhat desirable to for the fans there. Tyler Mulek says, "When do we think the NHL schedule drops?" I am. Uh, oh my god, this guy is back in the chat. He's just gone forever. See you later. I'd user on this channel. Bye bang. Bye bye. Uh, when does the NHL schedule drop? We don't know. But what we want to do is start planning our nation vacations for next year with our friends at AMA Travel. And I got an idea. If we can get enough people who are like everyday listeners of the show, Liam, to come on a nation vacation next year, maybe it's to Nashville, maybe it's to Vegas. What I want to do is I want to get a bar set up. And we're tinkering with this when I'm in Nashville next week. We're going to be doing the show live from a bar. But what I want to do is if we have enough ON Everyday listeners, I want to set up at a bar and Mm. do like a live in-person, like hour-long version of the show. We could do listener questions with a mic for people and all of that stuff. I think it'd be really cool. That would would be a legit live chat. Yeah, like it'd be sick, right? That would be, I really like that idea, actually. Like, yes, last year, didn't we have um, Captain Felton was on the show when we were in Vegas? So that was good. And like... 
we like the people who listen to the show are the ones that make the show, right? Like we're on like episode 210, I think this one is. And it's crazy that we're in the middle of June and I don't know how many people we've got in the chat right now, but it sounds like it's been very active today. And it's because of guys like Tyler Muley, Christopher Palmer, Devin, like uh, so and not big, the guys like, we booted. Yeah. Not the guys we booted. So like, it'd be unreal if a bunch of those people could, people could come to wherever we land next season and, and do it from there. Yeah. That'd be unbelievable to be honest. Yeah. Um, I was also thinking like, we don't know what we're doing for a bar partner next year, but that would also be a cool way to like kick off season two of the show next fall, or maybe like Oilers season opener or something like that. I want to maybe think about doing a live show. Maybe we even pick like a Saturday night or something before an Oilers game. And we could do like an hour long in-person edition of the show. And then we all hang out at the bar and watch the Oilers on a Saturday night. I think that'd be a really cool way to do it. We could do like an Oilers Q&A, like you said, have an actual live chat. We need to have enough interest in it, obviously, because I don't, hmm. it'd be embarrassing if it was just me and you at the bar, Liam. Oh, well, we could just play it off. Yeah, yeah. Hey, sure. we're, just do, we're just doing the show. We'll just have, all these Aaron, we'll have Aaron keep walking up to the mic and asking questions. <laughs> but every time he goes back to sit down, he has to sit in a different chair. Yeah. Uh, anyways, a couple ideas. Uh, we're we're chewing on a lot of things ahead of season two. How many more shows do we have left in uh, in season one here? Because a couple more this week, three more this 12? week, three more this week, five next week is eight. Free agent special is nine. Last show Monday, July third is ten. So after today, it's only ten more. We're gonna do like a weekly check in series throughout the year. So we'll be or throughout the summer. So we'll be going live once a week throughout the summer. But there's just not enough to talk about in that time. Mm -hmm. So we won't be going every day. Um, So 11 more shows left in season one. We'll have a summer check-in series. And then yes, we'll be back with season two next year. We're, we're chewing on a lot of ideas. God damn it. Who the hell is talking shit about Bud Light? You're gone. (laughs) That guy's just gone for good. Actually. What a crazy, I can't believe we're doing off season cleanup in the chat today. Yeah. Spring cleaning on a rainy, on a rainy Thursday. What day is it? It's not Thursday, Tuesday. Tuesday, bro. Yeah, yeah, it's the middle of summer. They just all blend into one. <laughs> all right. Uh, that is a, uh, let, that's a wrap on today's edition of the show. Shout out to Sherwood Ford, the giant, our new friends, Cornerstone Insurance, mm. cornerstoneins.ca, player grade for Star Mechanical, trade machine for AMA Travel. The Betway Other Sports Report is that the Jays let us down. They were yes. terrible. I don't think they can make a manager change uh, with the Jays because they just hired Schneider last year. He hasn't even been on the job for a full year, but something's got to give. It's insane. What, what, it, what's the decision then? Like who, who could be next? Like what, what is wrong, Tyler? You told me the run line was the pick yesterday. I know and it definitely know. was just the wrong way. I know <laughs> I, I'm tempted to, to just run it back with the run line on Betway. I don't know, man. They're just a team that's lost. I think they lost a lot of chemistry with Guriel and Hernandez getting moved. I think it's affected some guys and, and the learning curve of trying to find your identity as a new core has just been tough. So, yeah. I don't know, man. It's upsetting though. Yeah. These these GD Toronto Blue Jays keep pissing me off. Um, we'll talk about that tomorrow on the show. Frank Cervalli will be along on the Star Mechanical guest line as well. Breaking it all down every day at noon Mountain Time. Hope to chat with you again tomorrow, everybody. See you then.